Welcome to this week's episode of Couch QBs, where Ben and I discuss football from the only place we ever possibly could, our couches. And we had an exciting week three um, in the NFL, a lot of big games, a lot of big quarterback matchups that we'll go into. Um, We'll start in New England with a quarterback quarterback renaissance project, basically. Um, I, I guess that's the best way to put what's going on with Cam Newton. And the Patriots, who improved to 2-0, beating up on the Raiders, who we were last week we were hyping up the Raiders after beating the Saints, making them sound out to be a, a contender of some sort, and they just got obliterated in this game by the Patriots. But what did you like out of Cam Newton in this game? Uh, not a ton, actually. I don't think Cam Newton did as much as he could do. I think that he was a little limited in his passing game. I just think that the addition of having the run game for Cam Newton and for Bill Belichick is almost the biggest thing. Just having that threat being present. Um, And then also I think that Cam's just overall presence of being a leader and just someone who people love to get behind is huge for this team. Yeah, I just... It just looks like it's clicking. Like every, like they're not the most explosive offense. They don't have the skill position guys to be explosive, and that's not really what they're trying to do with Cam. They're trying to, you know, control the ball and be conservative and aggressive when they need to be aggressive. But he just looks like they're they just look like they're all gelling and they're having fun together in New England right now. Um, and the defense is playing pretty damn good again this year too. Um, I was really disappointed in the Raiders because I was had bought all sorts of Raiders stock after them beating up on the Saints in Monday Night Football. And they literally went west to east coast and just shit in the floor. Like, I don't know. Like, it was just, I, I wasn't expect. I guess we should have expected a bounce back game for the Patriots after that tough loss to Seattle. Like, the Pats don't, they're, they're still the Pats. They're not just going to blow two games in a row like that. But I don't know. The, the Raiders, what do you think of the Raiders as... Um, somebody who can be a wild card candidate if they have performances like this against, you know, other AFC teams on the road. Yeah, I think I just I don't I don't believe in the Raiders personally. I think that Josh Jacobs is really good. I think Derek Carr is probably an average quarterback when he's playing well, um, but has a lot of there's a lot of that da- this downside potential. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of things that are red flags to me. I'm not a huge fan of. Chucky either I'm not I don't like Gruden um but I mean they they don't play bad football I just don't think they play football that's going to win them any playoff games yeah yeah I just I think they're going to be just an up and down team every year because or every week this year they can score but they really can't play any defense and it'll just be they'll beat up on bad teams and look good because they can blow them out but I think there's a lot of um, inconsistency with that team. Agreed. That we're going to see from game to game with them. And when I look back, why did they ever get rid of Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack? Nobody knows. If they still had those two, I never understood the Khalil. Like, why was why did they have to get rid of Khalil Mack? There was really no reason to get rid of Khalil Mack at that point. Maybe just because they wanted to be bad. I mean, honestly, they were trying to tank and just clear house, but. They've they've built up and it's it's it has the makings. That's why I'm so interested in them because they have pieces there. I doubt Derek Carr a lot as a guy that can really 
put you over the top. But I used to be surrounded. Big, I used to be a big Derek Carr. But guy. if he's surrounded by weapons, he can do it. When he has Amari Cooper as his number one receiver, he can do it. But they don't have the. I mean, Henry Ruggs is supposed to be that guy, but he's a rookie. Yeah. So they're they're a couple years away, and I think that they're still waiting for a quarterback to come in there when they find somebody that they really like. They like Carr, but I think that they know that they could improve on that. At some yeah. Point. And I don't know if their defense is going to do them any favors. No. Not at all. They're just going to get ran up on. But moving on to the late window of this game, or late window of the day, the big game, America's Game of the Week, as it's called, was the Cowboys and the Seahawks and Seattle. The same story as the last, the first couple weeks of this season. Russell Wilson is just on a ridiculous, ridiculous run right now. And the Seahawks win 38-31. to 31. And what's the bigger story to you, Russ continuing on what he started out or just the fact that everybody overrated the Cowboys yet again before the season and they are the same team that we are used to? They're not, they're not overrated. When I look at it, I think their receiving core is sneaky, like one of the best receiving cores in all of the NFL. When I look across, when I look at everyone, I don't think C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper are three very, very good receivers that I think a lot of teams would be lucky to have. And then I just – and Ezekiel Elliott, and you have him at running back. I think this offense has so much potential still, and I just still don't think they're hitting their stride. Is it Dak's fault? Dak – might be limiting them. I mean, he threw the ball 57 times for two picks. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what's stopping this team. Their defense. I don't think Dak is, I feel like they need to be more efficient. Like they have, they have the talent, but there's not an efficient way that they run this offense. And it's like, they get some big plays because they have the talent, but they're putting that they shoot themselves in the foot so much too. It's everything. Every, every, Every phase of football, they shoot themselves in the foot. Well, Dak had two interceptions and a fumble lost. You're giving three turnovers on one player is unacceptable. You're, you, yeah, that's losing football. That's how you lose football games. On the other side, Russell Wilson, 27 of 40, 315 yards, five touchdowns. And not a single interception. Not, yeah, no turnovers. And let's not forget the – How are you going on the road and winning those games? Like, you can put up all the gaudy stats you want – but you have to go on the road and win these games if you want to be taken seriously. And they haven't won a road game this year. They couldn't even beat the football team on the road. Yeah, which is bad. I think that they also have played the, the Seahawks are the real deal. The Seahawks are a legitimately very good team, but I think the Seahawks are still missing their defense. I think that people still just assume that the Seahawks defense is good because they were always good. But their secondary looks so bad. Looks so bad. Yeah. That that Seattle defense, that's that's kind of why I still, even after this week, give the Rams the nod in the NFC West right now, because at least I know the Rams defense can turn it on and have Aaron Donald take over a game or Jalen Ramsey take over a game. The, there's nothing on the Seattle defense. They don't no. have a pass rush, they don't have a secondary, and it's just gonna be Russ. And I mean, I trust Russ in a lot of situations. And when we get to some sort of Seattle, Los Angeles matchup in the future, I, I'll still trust Russ against Jared Goff. But I just mean those teams in general, it's, it's not even like it usually is for Seattle. 
No, and this was my favorite game of the week. And let's not forget DK Metcalf fumbling out of the back of the end zone. For yeah, the bro, why, you can't do that. You and then can't. You can't having that. a game-winning or game-sealing touchdown to end the game and still posting 110 yards. I'm happy I mean, the, the dude's a freak. He made up for it. But and I don't think that Pete Carroll will ever let him fumble out of the back of the end zone ever again. No, I think Russ, Russ was looking at him like an angry father. Like, what's yes. wrong with you? Yeah, and I, I just think his team is Pete Carroll is too good of a coach to allow something like that to happen again. And I think that DK Metcalf is a young player who just kind of gave up on the play and was just jogging into the end zone. And just it's something that young players do. So he's yep. a second year guy. I mean, they still just, won. Luckily, just don't but, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't do it again, DK. Yeah. And and also, let's not forget Chris Carson going down. Huge. Yeah. That's big. Huge loss. That's big. But the if Seattle knows what to do, they usually find guys that can fill in in the running back position. Maybe Marshawn will come back. He yeah. Said he's, Seattle's he said he's available. I don't know about Marshawn, but Seattle's one of my favorite teams in the NFC. And I would say could take top three. They're a top three NFC team. Yeah. So let's move on to the Sunday night game, the Packers and Saints. Um, my biggest thing, I'm going to just sit here on this podcast and make this statement. I've, I'm done with Drew Brees. I'm done. And I know it's two weeks without Michael Thomas, but clearly if, you, if he needs Michael Thomas this badly, that there, there's a problem in New Orleans. Occurring. You forget how far Michael Thomas runs after the catch. Yes. Because when you see a like Drew Brees 30 yard pass it's because Michael Thomas caught at the five and ran 25 mm-hmm. on a slant route or something. I think that <sighs> Drew Brees' ability to throw the ball downfield has been diminished. And I think that's going to be a, a limit on the, like, a, a, that's going to be the ceiling of this team. If you can't get the ball past throwing past 15 yards and throw some deep balls, that's scary. That's, Red flag, red flag, red flag. It's a Luckily, huge red flag. they have Alvin Kamara with who's playing with a diamond grill. <laughs> Looked amazing. Love the visuals, and he's an amazing player who's gonna still carry this offense. More, which is weird to say when you have Drew Brees on your team that you're gonna have your running back carry the offense, but that's what they're gonna have to do in Michael Thomas's absence. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna go. It's gonna go through Kamara, and but and it's just weird to see a Drew Brees led team like being limited by their quarterback. And I didn't think I would see it. And that, but the team not getting limited by their quarterback is the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour, which we've called. We called from the beginning of this podcast. We have said that we were all aboard for the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour. Scorched earth, scorched earth, Aaron Rodgers, and he delivered again. Um, but. It's it's coming from everywhere with the Packers. I mean, Zadarius Smith is a stud and looks like one of the best defensive players in the league through the first three weeks, which I don't think anybody was. I mean, he was a good player, but I don't think anybody was really expecting that from him. And they just look they look in control and they look like a a real real Super Bowl contender in the NFC. Yeah, I think that the they're the best team in the NFC. They just so look far. the deepest from head to toe, like. Yeah, I, I mean, Alan Lazard. Can you tell me where he Sorry. came from or where he went to college? Listen, last year, last year, Rogers was saying he loved Lazard. He's like, I love this guy. He's going to be a great receiver, and he made him a great receiver. One forty-six. Yeah, I mean, 
insane. I like this, and and they don't even have. Um, oh God, what's his name? Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams. They don't even have mm-hmm. Devonte Adams. They're number one guy, and they're still just putting up these just dominating. Who I thought was one of the best teams in the NFC, the Saints, which I'm downgrading them to being just an okay team. I mean, mm-hmm. they'll probably make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to make any waves. The last two years, I thought this was a team that was going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I don't think six, I nine see and, that. Ten and six, nine and seven, eight and eight is very real for that team. I don't think they're a twelve win team or anything like we expect them to be. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's weird to see Drew Brees the downfall. Mm-hmm. Jameis might get some starts. <laughs> you never know. I don't know about that. And let's go on to the the biggest game of the week uh, last night: Chiefs and Ravens, Mahomes versus Lamar. And ready? All right, ready for this, Ben? This is it, right here. Lamar Jackson cannot do it. He can't. He's he he in, through from college up through the pros. At this point, Lamar Jackson has not won any big game. And on Monday Night Football, again, he's outshined by young Patrick Mahomes, who throws for four touchdowns, rushes for one touchdown, and completely dominated the entire game. Do you have any defense for Lamar? Are you, can you play defense for Lamar here? Or you, do you have anything? Or they need I, to have they need being receiver. fair. They need receivers. They need to have someone. Mark. Mark. <laughs> They don't have anyone to throw to. Willie Sneed, Marquise Brown. Mark Andrews is like their best receiver, and he's a mid-level tight end, I would say. Well, no, Mark Andrews led the league in touchdowns last year, but that yeah. is also the that is also, I think, the uh the Lamar effect of running an option and within the red zone, like having a tight end. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just <sighs> They need to have a legitimately good receiver. I they don't have a game-breaking receiver. I will give you that. They do not have a game-breaking receiver on yeah. this roster right I mean, now. Willie Sneed's okay. They don't. Marquise Brown, okay. And I blame a lot of that game on Greg Roman for the way he called it and not trusting to just run their offense. And just why can't Lamar have like 150 yards rushing? Why doesn't Lamar have 30 rush, 25 rushing attempts? Like he's the mo- that's the most dangerous thing you have on your team, and they just didn't do it. They put it in the air twenty eight times. That's not Lamar Jackson. It never will be, and that's why he's that's why he is going to. Be- it's going to be hard for him to win big games unless he is either surrounded by weapons or he is running the ball because he can't. He's just not. He's not that type of passer. At least he has not shown that in his football career up to this point, because even in college, it's the same things. When you look at these college games, they're the same story against Clemson in that, that one, the game where they were both top five, they got behind and Lamar had to throw them back and they're chasing basically down two touchdowns, the whole game and chasing possessions. It just, it's how he, it it's, it's the way he plays the position and it's just. Yeah. And this, this is a team it. that is used to getting down early. This is a team that plays ahead and just can run the ball well, and they don't have to lean on their passing that much. And it's just, I don't know. I love the, I love watching Lamar Jackson. But right now they're tied with the Browns in the division. Yeah, that's tough. The Brownies. 
which yeah they i mean they should yeah. be on they should be on, i don't know undefeated i mean this is the the chiefs are the best team in the afc so yeah. give them a break they're the best team in the league they're the best this is the besides what anything about lamar whatever mahomes came out and just reminded everybody who was really in charge here like he came out he was obviously determined to make a point during this game that he was like a special quarterback and just remind everybody who he was and he made it happen and we shouldn't doubt we shouldn't doubt him again and even all the talk about russell wilson right now if mahomes goes off like this every couple weeks it's it's gonna be mahomes mvp running away with it because he just does things that people cannot do watching pat mahomes throw from the opposite 40 yard line all the way to the end zone to McCole Hardman, just 60, like at least a 50 yard row effortlessly. Just, it looks so easy and it was just, it was on the numbers and he just does things that the, the underhand pass. Yeah. Out of nowhere. The underhand pass to the fullback. The dime they, they to the, the shotgun. And then he goes under center and brings Tariq Hill into the backfield. And then they, un, they, I just they, they boot out and do an underhand pass to their fullback. Their offense runs so well, and just do they do the most unusual sets, and I just love to watch it. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun, and they're also we're probably going to get tired of them at some point because they're going to keep winning because that dude's so good. Um, but I this matchup is horrible for the Ravens, and it's going to be tough for them to get over if they have to play again in a yeah. I mean, this is definitely the, the hardest team they've played. And I think when you look at it, I, the Ravens are still, I think, the best team in their division. And I don't know. I don't know if they'll beat the Steelers. That defense, if that defense gives Lamar problems, they gave Lamar problems last year. We've seen Lamar have be, shut, be held in check by some defenses. This just isn't a team that I think is used to being punched in the mouth. And that's the biggest thing because that's what the Chiefs did is they just go out there and just put points on you and you have to work from a hole. Yeah. And you have to control your possessions. And when you're down, it's really hard to like do these concert, like keep the ball. You have to keep the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands. That's, yeah. the, that's the only script to beating him is to just keep the ball out of his hands, control the clock. And I don't, it's hard. It's really hard for teams to do because you're playing behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and they can just fire so quick. It's just it's a fast break. It's it's unstoppable. Yeah, and they and they and that's the other thing is that the Rams or the Ravens defense had no break because Ravens defense is good. Yeah, there's but no chance they, though. There's no chance to breathe. No. Well, we know it proved it proved the pecking order at least between these two teams and the in the AFC. The rest of the AFC. I think is still between the Steelers, Ravens, Bills, Patriots quartet there. You could place any of those two teams as second and third. And I don't think anybody could really tell you you were wrong. Yeah. I could find things wrong with all those teams. And you can also explain that those teams are incredible. And like, so we'll see. I mean, and they, they basically all play each other too. Um, So we'll get to see it throughout the year, but Luckily, the AFC is interesting. Yeah, it's only the AFC is interesting. Um, so let's just look over a couple of the other games of the box score, and Ben, you just give me a give me a sentence or a thought or two about what you thought from this game. Um, let's start in Atlanta. 
where the <laughs> Falcons do what they normally do and blew a lead to Nick Foles. Big Dick Nick coming back in the game for Mitchell Trubisky. What, what, what was your thought when you saw Mitchell stand there on the sideline watching? I always get sad. Foles right back. I always get sad. Because when sad. I see Nagy, Nagy always pulls him off to the side. And before he puts in the other quarterback, he just looks at him and starts talking to him like he's a ba- like he's a child, and you just have to tell him it's not like today is not your day. It's not your fault. Yeah, like I'm gonna put it's you down. Like, I'm gonna sit you down, or I'm gonna put in the guy who knows what he's doing. It's not your fault. And I just I feel so <laughs> bad for Mitch Trubisky, but he's just not. He's not the guy. He's not the guy. Well, we'll see if it's we'll see if it's Nick Foles next week. For you Chicago. didn't draft Pat Mahomes. It's okay. It's not okay. Don't let them – they can't be left off the hook. It's not okay that they it didn't draft. They didn't draft Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. So <laughs> Mitch Trubisky, who's going to be benched in his, Nick Foles, his third year. Nick Foles for Nick Foles. It's, it's pretty sad for the Bears fans. Anyways, we'll move on to Tennessee and Minnesota where Kirk Cousins cho- and the Vikings choked away a big lead in this game to Ryan Tannehill and Titans. Um, Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins, you could basically, I think, put them in each other's uniforms and you would not be able to tell the difference of level of quarterback play. Yeah. I've never been a fan of Matt Ryan person, not Matt Ryan. Oh my gosh. Excuse me. <laughs> I've never been a fan. He's, he's like the, he's like the father of those two. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I just think that Ryan Tannehill is the guy who's not going to lose you any games. and He's not going to win you any games. He's going to do exactly what you need him to do. He's not going to exceed any expectations. and He's not going to disappoint you. He might be just like the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL, like just dead center in the middle. Yep, and he's very capable of meltdowns, like we just saw Kirk do in that game. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is. I don't think he's prone to having meltdowns. He's done it in uh, Miami, not yet yeah. with Tennessee. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's Tennessee. It's still, it's still in there. Better. It's still in there, though. It's still yeah. in him somewhere. He still has the capability to be a fuck up. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. So do all of them. That's fair. That's fair. But um but yeah. Anyways, Minnesota 0 and 3 in desperation mode now. Let's move on to the other desperate 0 and 3 team this week. Their and their opponent this week, which we'll talk about a little later. The Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Houston Texans 28-21 and do you just feel bad for Deshaun? I feel bad for the Texans organization for being trapped in their first 4 games. They've had the schedule of death. Yeah, it's brutal. The schedule of death. how do you give the, how do you give them how do you give them the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Steelers in their first three games? That's just not fair. What did the Houston do to deserve that? Trade. They traded their best trade player, Andre Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. You they, trade your best that player. is angering the football gods. You shouldn't do that. And you shouldn't have a guy who's not a great coach also be your GM. Nope, not at all. I'm gonna. I'll preach that forever. You Bill have to be established is on, as one. Bill O'Brien is on the hottest seat right now. Yeah, I mean, you have to be established as being a good coach before you can become the GM, or being a good GM before you can become the coach. Yeah, and he was neither ever. Yeah, it's a tough look for Billy. Uh, so let's move. We got. We'll talk about a couple more here. Let's go to um, Detroit and Arizona, where Kyler Murray had a terrible day in Arizona, and the Lions snuck away with their first win. Um, it looked like neither team really wanted to win this game for a lot of it, but Matt Stafford had a good game. Uh, Kyler Murray had three picks. They actually both had – wow, they had really similar stats. 
Listen to this. Stafford, 22 of 31 for 270 and two touchdowns. No picks. Kyler Murray, 23 of 35 for 270, two touchdowns, and three picks. So they yeah, had the I mean, same amount of yards, same amount of touchdowns, and this Detroit comes away with the three-point win. I mean, Detroit was due for one, right? Yeah, they they were they should when you, when they, you lose they should games, be two and one right now. Yeah, when you lose back to back games, like especially week one, the way that they lost, I think that they're due for one. The football gods are going to shine upon you eventually, mm-hmm. and you're you're going to get a win because they're not a they're not a great team, but they're not as bad as everyone thinks. Matt Patricia is a good coach. I just, I know Detroit does not have a winning culture, and they've never really had a winning culture. And they never will. Yeah. At this point. And I mean, good for them getting a win. You're one and two now. Yeah. I'm most upset, I think, with the Cincinnati Philadelphia game. That's what I was coming to next. The the punting at the end there. How did because what do they get? They got a false start to yes. back them up. Yeah. So bad coaching. Right off the bat, you to get that penalty, and then you just look at it and you say, "I'm just gonna punt from here." Yeah, I know. I'm I'm okay with that, and that's just saying I'm okay with taking a tie here, and yep. I, I hate that. I hate that because now both these teams can go home and feel nothing because they shouldn't feel anything because Eagles you, half game out. They're half game out of the NFC East lead. Good for them. Yeah, the NFC East stinks. It always does. It never fails. Never but fails. Good for Joe Burrow for almost getting a win. He's going to be a stud. He's just. We talked about it last week. He's. We, we, I'm just so sad that he's stuck back. He tried to escape and it brought him back home. I've never seen a quarterback get hit that hard before in my life <laughs> with no flags being thrown. He got leveled. Yeah. And dude, I thought he was done. I thought he was hurt. Yeah. I mean, they they have to do something in offensive line. Yeah. If I'm Joe Burrow, I say I'm going to sit unless you put someone in front of me, like, <laughs> someone to help me. Because he's, he's at serious risk for just breaking his collarbone next week mm-hmm. or the week after that. Yeah, he's, or the week he, after they, that. Don't, they don't need him to get hurt. It's, it's, let's not, when, you get hit like, when you get hit like that and you fall straight, like, and the first thing to hit the ground is your side. Yeah. Like, you could easily break your collarbone. And yeah, they need to protect him. They yeah, need to, they so need I think that they to protect that man. Yeah, if you if you want this to go long term, you need to get some linemen. You need to get some protection. Anything to help the guy. Yeah, yeah, he needs all the help in the world. It's they. Joe Mixon doesn't even have running lanes really either. It's just no. tough for them. It's just tough for them. Um, let's move on to our fan corner. We'll start with you, Benny. How were you impressed with your Cleveland Browns performance against the football team? Yes. Five takeaways. I don't care who it's who it's against. Phenomenal. I love that. And I think that we also, once again, this is what we always do when we win. We ran the ball well. We had a little over 150 yards combined from Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt, which, like I said, you you, you need to do that. Nick Chubb is the most underrated. I don't think people realize how good Nick Chubb is. Like he's no. They the have two top ten backs. Yeah, he, he's a, they really he, do. He's a top, yeah, and I, he's really good. And Kareem Hunt is also really good. And we just need to keep giving them the ball more and controlling these games. And just don't let Baker do too much. 
Correct. Baker needs to have, once again, play-action plays, something that's going to fake out the defense, think you're going to give it to Nick Chubb and dump it off to someone, and it's all perfect timing. Nothing gets broken up. It's when he starts to improv things that things get a little bit scary for him. Yeah. Um, no turnovers, which is the biggest thing out of Baker Mayfield. He should have had at least one, but Odo Beckham is a DB as well, apparently, and smacked the ball out of the guy's hand. Well, that's good for good for Odell. Yeah, Odell admitting that early this week, very sadly, that he's like knew he wasn't going to get good stats this year. He's like, yeah, they're going to yeah. run the ball all again. Yeah, how many weeks? Ball, that's my question: is how many weeks until Baker or Odell gets a hundred yard game? Um, when do they play? I don't know what their schedule looks like, but I think they have they play somebody really bad coming up here soon. Um, no. Well, they play the Bengals again in a couple weeks, so maybe, maybe there, maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe the Vegas Raiders—they're a pretty bad defense. Yeah, and I mean we're not great at throwing deep ball, but but I would hope that we could hit them on a slant here or there or get them moving. Hey, they're two and one. That's all. That's all you can really ask for. When's the last they're time they with the were, Ravens? When the last time they were above five hundred? Eighty-four games. Oh wow! It's been eighty. That's good. That's good. Schedule coming up at Dallas. You can beat Dallas. You can beat the Colts. Maybe not the Steelers. But four of the four of the next five games are winnable games. I don't know if we beat Dallas. I don't know either. But anyways, I, I that game's gonna be chaotic. I know yeah, that. Talking I'm about gonna be watching that one. The Washington football team. I feel really bad for Dwayne Hatchkins. He clearly has not made any steps as a quarterback, and it just kind of makes me sad because they don't want him to be the quarterback. They want Trevor Lawrence. They'll they'll get what they they'll get their wish the way they keep playing. And yeah. Chase Young got hurt. And I think that just watching Dwayne Haskins eye eyeball receivers so badly, where he doesn't even look at the second guy, you can't do that in the NFL. These no. cornerbacks are good, mm-hmm. and he just stares at these receivers and just and thinks that the cornerbacks just don't notice. They notice. Yeah. He, That's why you have three interceptions and you also he lost a f- he hasn't made the jump that people thought he was going to. No, and I really, yeah, I really that, not that he not that people thought, but that thought he should do, you know. Yeah. I just I, I wish the best for him though. I do. I do too. Well, good week for the Brownies. Good job. Yeah, why don't you tell me about your uh scary little Bills game there? Oh boy, the Bills. The Buffalo Bills decided to have the most insane football game of the weekend. Actually, the most insane football game of the weekend was Saturday. Texas and Texas Tech. Texas coming back from 15 in three minutes to then win in overtime 63-56. You can't really get more wild than that. But the Bills tried to. They shot up 28-3, were dominating, had picked off Jared Goff. Uh, Josh Allen looked like he couldn't do any wrong again. But then uh, crazy Josh Allen started to reel his head, rear his head a little bit um, through a pick that um, is very disputed between fans and uh, it was a jump referees. Ball. It was a jump ball. Jump ball, tied. They gave it to the, uh, to the defender on that play. And it kind of started to unravel there. The Bills couldn't stop anybody on defense. Uh, couldn't stop the run at all. And the... Rams were able to come back all the way back and get up 32 to 28 after a 28 to three lead looking like the Atlanta Falcons there for a little bit. I was really worried about all the memes I was going to see about Josh Allen on Twitter there, but with four minutes left, Josh Allen does what he does led him down the field on a fourth quarter 
in a fourth quarter drive where they converted on a third and 22 on, and then on another third and 22 got 15 yards, which led to the game winning pass interference call that led the Bills to a first and goal to score with like 10 seconds left and escape the game against the Rams and move to three and zero. But other than that, it was just a normal Sunday in Buffalo. I was still upset about the PI call. I think you know what? The Rams, they, if anything, no, the Rams are the only team in the NFL that can never complain about a pass interference. Call. I know, I know, but that's, I think that's why we, I don't feel bad. The la- but when you're talking about the last play, like the last say, because how much time was on the clock? So you have like about four plays left, 20 or seconds, so. 20 yeah. seconds, about yeah. So you have three, four plays left. When two guys are going at it, just running, like. I don't know. That that looked like mutual contact to me, which I think is a very hard call. Anytime you see a, a guy put his hands up, you know he did I, something. I just think it makes me almost look more it, guilty. It was both there was contact from both people, but the, the the corner tried to hit him at early in that route and was like holding on to holding on for dear life yes. for his shoulder pads. And at the top of the route is where you see the receiver push to get free which is what drew the call because he knew the ball was going to come towards him. But I, if he's not holding on to him, that res- Gabe Davis was beating that dude on that route all day long. He was, and he's going to score a touchdown there. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That. But I just, I think in a normal situation, you can call that, but I don't know about it's hard at the end of a when game. It's the last play, like drive of the game, like everything on the line, but I'm still happy that the bills pulled away. And I, and I don't even think that that this is like that bad of a loss for the Rams. No, after the Rams the fir- are good. The, the Rams half, are really good. Yeah, and after the first half, I looked and I was like, "Oh, so I'm going to come on here. I'm going to talk about how I think the Rams like might not be legit." And then they come back, and like I'm still on. I'm still Tom on. McVay is a genius. That's what I'm take. That's what I took away from that yeah. second half comeback is he was just dicing up the Bills defense after having no answers for them in the first half. Yeah, I mean they made the adjustments clearly at half. They only had three points in the first half. Yeah, and come out and make it a ball game. So we'll see. Um, Bills have the Raiders this week. Um, that they should win that game. That they're better than the Raiders, and then the Titans next week, and then the Chiefs in two in two and a half weeks on Thursday night football. And so the Bills, the Bills handle business. They're going to be favored the next two weeks. They should be five and zero, maybe going against the Chiefs, who also could be five and zero, and that'll be an insane game also the same night of the second presidential debate so it'll just be a wild evening of tv between our two presidential candidates and josh allen and patrick mahomes who's the most competent one of those four i think josh i think it's i would trust i would trust josh allen with the united states of america that's for sure (laughs) lateral (laughs) all right um out of these three and O teams left, we got the Bills, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Titans, the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Bears. Um, so there's four AFC teams, three NFC teams. Which do you think from each conference has the best chance at a Super Bowl? And uh, explain to me why it's definitely not the Bears. <laughs> the Bears are the biggest fraud three and O team I've ever seen in my life. Anytime that you're undefeated but the last game you played you just had to switch your quarterbacks out at half it's not ideal usually not even at half it was mid-game wasn't it It was um 
Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. I don't think it was halftime. I think no, it was, it was the in the middle. Yeah, it was the middle of the play. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You you're not gonna make it. Sorry, Bears. But good for you for being three and zero. You at least give yourself a shot at making the playoffs. Um, but in all reality, I think that the Chiefs are just the clear favorite in the AFC. Um, behind them, I think are these three and zero teams. Uh, I, I'm gonna say the Bills. The it's, it's the Bills, and I know, and I know you're just smiling because you that of course you love to hear that. But of the three and O teams, I don't think the Steelers are the Steelers are good. The Steelers defense is really good, but I don't think that they necessarily have the offense that they once had to make that push. The defense is still there, but I don't think they have the offense to make that push. I still want to see. We'll get to see the Bills play the Steelers and the Patriots. Those are the two teams that I, I don't. I mean, we'll learn. Well, they get to, they play the Chiefs first, so we'll really know if they're in the Chiefs tier. Yeah, if they beat if they beat the Chiefs, that's a different story. But right now, I want to be more inclined to be. I'm still going to put the Ravens at second and put the Bills th- third because I just want to. I want to see their big game, uh, big game play this year once they get to that game, but. The Chiefs obviously are the best chance of the Super Bowl. I think they're the favorites. They're probably going to win the Super Bowl. Mahomes is just on another level. Um, I think the Steelers have a real chance of taking the division from the Ravens. I really do. I think that's a bad matchup for the Ravens against the Steelers, just the way that they play defense and can control the ball just the same way. that It'll just be old-school Ravens-Steelers football like we normally see. It, it'll be so much fun when those two get together. No, it'll be legitimately good. And we everyone forgets about the Titans, which with this new COVID thing, who knows if this is going to shake out. But I think the Titans are legitimately one of the best coached and well-put-together teams. I really like them. They do just enough to win you games. I, like in almost no matter the situation, like they go up against teams that are that on paper look far better than them, but they, they out-coach these teams and can control the ball and control the pace of play to fit them perfectly. Yeah. And I think they're going to once again be one of these sneaky teams that no one really acknowledges until you get to week 14 and you're like, okay, well they're going to be in it. And you have Derrick Henry rushing for 150 yards a game being a madman. Yeah. They're still a skit. Like people just, just don't sleep on the Titans. I'm one of those people. I'm going to keep sleeping on the Titans. I'm sorry. I don't trust Ryan Tannehill against the quarterbacks that we've seen. Right now, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill to deliver. And I think that, I mean, Derrick Henry could have those superstar moments. And that's, that if that happens, you live with that because there's nothing you can really do to stop him when he's running like that. But Tannehill just, you're putting Tannehill against Mahomes in a game. We saw what he can do against Lamar, but Lamar doesn't win in big games, so he doesn't really count. Um, uh, Josh Allen this year, if he plays in the get there in the playoffs against Big Ben, like the, I'd rather have those quarterbacks making plays than Tannehill. That's what worries me about the Titans. I still just, and once again, I just don't think that Tannehill makes the mistakes. I think he just kind of keeps it quiet and just does enough. And that's, I don't think he does enough all the time though. He's like he's and he's not. I don't think he's even in the top tier quarter. He's obviously not a top tier quarterback. I just think that he keeps the he keeps the team in it. Yeah, just enough to hang around, and that's what they—that's literally all they did this week. We just we'll hang see. around, and then we'll see. We'll see with the Titans. I think they're—I think they're the fool's gold team of this year right now, too. We'll see. Now, what do you think about the NFC? The NFC, I believe in the Packers. 
I don't believe in the Seahawks defense. I think the Packers are head and shoulders above everybody right now in the NFC. Um, but the Seahawks are right there. If they can figure out their defense and figure something out, then they're they're really scary. Um, the Bears, I'm pretty much on the same page as you. I think the Bears are probably they still are definitely going to be in the mix to make the playoffs because I think their roster is really good. And if Foles can bring some steady play, like they're going to be a good team. But I don't think. I mean, I don't expect them to beat out the Packers in the division, but it'll, it'll be fun. Those no, games, but, but, but at means, least they'll be fun if they, without Mitchell, you know Mitchell's going to like do some crazy shit all game. Yeah. At least they'll be fun to know they'll have like a decent quarterback like back there. Well, here's the thing. They, have, they already have three wins. How many more wins do they need to find to make the playoffs? Exactly. Like there's, you, there's a path. The path to nine or ten wins to get a seven seed right now is pretty easy for them since they've given themselves such a nice cushion. So good for them. I mean, it'll be painful when you see them lose the first playoff game they play, but... <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at couch underscore QBs. Uh, don't forget and review, rate, and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy week four. Week four.